Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for May 9th, 2021, the sixth Sunday of Easter in year B. And we are coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. Bruce, how are you? I am good. I discovered this morning I have penguins dancing on my phone which is a sentence no one would have said 20 years ago and be taken as anything seriously, but it's true. They're little stickers that I think were part of the phone update for when texting. Dancing penguins are now part, Dancing part penguins of your with confetti following. phone following. lexicon. Interesting. <laughs> interesting. <clears throat> you kids in your phones. Uh... <laughs> hey, I've already impressed my wife with it, so it's a good day. <laughs> Hey, as long as Kathy's impressed, that's uh, that's, that's the important right. part. Uh, then you done did good. Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, so yeah, um, uh, I don't have anything uh, so noteworthy uh, to I point was out. I say beat that. <laughs> can't. I just can't. Can't. Nothing I can do. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> I'm going to figure out, try to figure out a way that we can incorporate dancing penguins and confetti in today's discussion, uh, is, is our challenge. Um, good luck. Sounds kind of easy, but <laughs> <laughs> let's go for it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Easy. You say easy. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's, let's hear it. Um, so, uh, so I, I suppose at the top of the, the, the program, we should just uh, kind of uh, do let's touch base. Let's see how we're doing in this uh, uh, Easter season. Uh, we're coming up with uh, um, uh, this is the sixth Sunday, then uh, the seventh Sunday. Is that uh, that is not one and the same as Pentecost, right? That's a, no. So we've got two more weeks left of it uh, or one, uh, two more weeks of Easter here. Uh, before well, Punxsutawney Phil sees his shadow. Um, <laughs> yeah, Pentecost is May 23rd. Yeah, right, 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 right. So, Which I think is when the penguins dance. There, we did it. Check the box. <laughs> <laughs> Boo. That was lazy. <laughs> that was. Um, but we still have a... We, we still have a bunch of things kind of going on uh at the church we just finished our, oh, our yeah. uh um flower sale but uh the community garden is up and running and planted yep. there's still, a, there, I was there's just still a few plots available for rental for 15 dollars a year but they are filling up quickly very good so yeah if you have a green thumb or wish you did and want to give it a try um yeah feel free to contact the church uh we have a couple of plots left it sounds like and I forget mm-hmm. uh, um, the um, as a portion of that go to the Del. I, I know there's some people who donate as a result some of the produce to the Delaware Township trustee. Oh, yeah, we couldn't do it last year because of pandemic rules. They couldn't they couldn't have the volunteers gather to process it. Gotcha. Um, and we have not yet heard if they'll be able to accept it this year or not. But we're hoping by the time plants start producing, they'll be able right. to. Right, right, right. But yeah, there's a request that they tithe the uh, produce that's grown in the garden. Very cool. What a cool so, program. So one-tenth of it. Yeah. Yeah. And most were very, very good about that. Yeah. Yeah. And I know the Delaware Township trustee really appreciates that because it's always hard to get fresh foods right. uh, in. Uh, so so there's our plug for that. What else do we have going on at the church? Uh, book groups choosing a new has chosen a new book. You can read about that on the website. They're a, a Zoom group that meets monthly to talk about, the, and they choose books from different um, countries around the world, translated into English. So they have some of the most fascinating stuff. Wow. Um, we have coming up um, this on the sixteenth, a week from Sunday, the recognition of our parishioners who are graduating from high school. So that's. Always a bit of a tearjerker and an exciting Sunday. Yeah. Uh, hard to believe. Hard to believe they're so old already. It is it, it constantly amazing. Constantly yeah. amazing. So. Um, and the 22nd, the Saturday, we're having a Pentecost picnic mm-hmm. um, with a Eucharist beforehand starting, I think it's at 5, um, at the outdoor chapel. And the picnic is bring your own food so that we can still be... Um, COVID safe, but it should be a great time. Very good. That's just a handful of things. Got it. 
found it. Yeah, that's that's exciting though. Lots of lots of things going on. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so um, let's move over to our person of the day. I say slowly as it get the computer <laughs> to respond. There it is. Uh, <laughs> Have to wind the key some more. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Hold on, let's turn the crank. Um, <laughs> Bruce, your person uh, for today is Nicholas Ridley. Oh, darn. Okay. <laughs> you said Nicholas, and I was, thinking, I was hoping it was going to be one I knew. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Nicholas Ferrars, who I was hoping for. Oh, um, okay. Nicholas Ridley. I'll make. I'll have to make a mental note not to pick one you know. So Nicholas yeah. Ferrar, you're off. <laughs> was was it Mr. Ridley who first developed the concept of electronically transmitting the images of dancing penguins? Ooh, a much better try this time around. Uh, <laughs> Here's what I'll say about that guess, uh, Bruce. Uh, it doesn't expressly say that that was not him. <laughs> oh, you're so kind. <laughs> but I'm going to venture a guess because he, he lived uh, for 55 years in the uh, 16th century that the answer is no. I'm just going to Was infer... he a Bible translator? <laughs> he was not. No. No, he was okay. not. Okay. Okay. One dumb guess, one possible guess, and I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He was a bishop and Protestant martyr, born, I'm I'm not going to lie, part of me wanted to pick this just so that I could attempt to say this name. Uh, Okay. He was born in Willamotswick, Northumberland. Well, I think you did. I think you got it. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, Ridley attended Pembroke Hall in, in Cambridge, where he later became a fellow. He was ordained a priest in 1527. Uh, studied at Sorbonne. Uh, I'm probably saying that incorrectly because my French is terrible. In Paris. Uh, and returned to Cambridge, where he was appointed in, uh, in 1540 as the king's chaplain and master of Pembroke Hall. In 1541, he was made a canon of Canterbury and uh, also a canon of Westminster in 1545. I was fascinated by this sentence. He said, just because of the amount of time in between uh, to make a definitive statement that he was an outstanding preacher and very effective in preaching the themes of the Reformation. I'm going to assume that that's by accounts of those who heard him. Um, well, and back then, often notable preachers, their sermons were written down and published as booklets. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So makes we, sense. we have a lot of copies of sermons from that era onward. Gotcha. And a little before. So, Basically, as soon as the printing press was invented, people started publishing sermons. Oh, okay. Okay. That makes that makes some sense then. That would, that would make sense as to why an objective statement yeah. could be made there. Um, he was... Yeah, I bet you could buy a volume today of his sermons, a book of his sermons. Yeah. Okay. Oh, but you could probably also download them. So why bother? There, there, there you go. <laughs> Free to the his, public. His Come residuals on. ran out centuries ago. Yes, a long time ago. <laughs> uh, he was uh, later consecrated as the Bishop of Rochester, uh, and in 1550 he was made the Bishop of London. However, sad for his story, uh, Mary became Queen of England in yeah. 53. His Protestant views were opposed, and he was deposed later on that year. Uh, Ridley, Thomas Cranmer, and Hugh Latimer were the foremost leaders mm-hmm. of the English of English Protestantism at the time, and Ridley and Latimer were burned at the stake in Oxford. Uh, his dying breath uh, uh, what statement was, so long as my breath is in my body, I will never deny my Lord Christ and his known truth. Uh, and uh, so he was a martyred individual. Which I actually do feel bad that I didn't remember that because I re- remembered Cramner and Latimer very easily. So I feel badly that I had forgotten Bishop Latimer or <laughs> Bishop. <laughs> One more time. <laughs> One more time. And again, Bishop uh, Ridley. Bishop Ridley. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, and while it's not uh, timely for me to uh, bring him up during this period of time in the church calendar, I found him. Uh, 
um, uh, and wanted to share his story because I didn't want to wait till October 16th to uh, yeah. remember uh, remember it. And, and as soon as you started to say the dates, I I knew who it was <laughs> when you know, I had that thought. Oh, this is this does not end well. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, because the England went went through this um, back and forth and back and forth, depending on who was in power between a more Catholic Christianity and a more Protestant Christianity, and mm-hmm. whoever was in power tended to treat the people who had just been in power very badly sometimes torturing and killing them sometimes imprisoning them or um, forcing them into exile so it it was a very very difficult time uh, to be a christian in england so which way do i stand right Uh, and that's one of the biggest reasons why within the episcopal church and looking across the ocean the church of england there is such an attempt to allow a great diversity of thought mm-hmm. because we we have within our history what happens when you allow extremism to take over. Right. And instead we need to tolerate people who are more Catholic and people who are more Protestant or people who are more atheist mm-hmm. um, so that we can all be together, whether it's in a country or a church. Yeah, it's a yeah. As you read through that part of the history, you realize why uh, one of the contributing factors as to why people didn't live very long um, because (laughs) it changed so often that oftentimes in one lifetime you would be on the detrimental side uh, sooner or later uh, of 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 that uh, of a religious mindset. So uh, it's a it was not uh it was not good times not good times at all yeah and i i could be wrong on this because when i went to seminary people were not were only beginning in church studies to focus on what was happening to the average parishioner but at least so 30 years ago 35 years ago the emphasis was on the leaders and t- so what we were taught anyway is that most of these conflicts sort of were taking place in the clouds above the average parish. And so really what, what the result was a lot of the clergy kept their heads down and mm-hmm. just didn't go firmly one way or another. And lay people were like, I don't care as long as we get to go to church on Sunday. Right. And, you know, they might come to church, the following Sunday and the furniture literally is rearranged a little bit because of what took place in London, but it mm. probably didn't affect parish life village by village very much. Hmm. Well, that's good at least to, to know. Cause that was, that was one of the thoughts that I had was like, yeah. Oh, those poor people. <laughs> how do you, yeah. how do you, uh, how do you deal with this? How do you, how do you survive during this period of time? So um, yeah, a lot of the, the, the mortality rate on bishops was pretty high. And right. academics, but the average, both layperson and uh, ordained person, probably be- besides being uncomfortable, obviously about what was going on, if they were if they were even aware of it, it probably didn't affect their week to week life very much. Is this one of the reasons why uh, you said that uh, you you don't hold a desire to get uh, to that high of a station? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, though now now you now it's the internet trolls rather than <laughs> right, rather right. than the the queen soldiers that one would have to worry about. Right, right, a total different slaying. Uh, yeah, uh, these days, uh, an online. Um, it's not even so much of a roasting. Sometimes <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's a, it really is an online firing squad at times. So mm-hmm. uh, I totally understand that. Um, that's. That's why that's why you like a you you enjoy a much more smaller and manageable parish. You can see where all the bullets are coming from. And uh... <laughs> well, I'll say, Holy Family is uh, what really is, but it really is a wonderful, peaceful place. I don't yes. even have to put a qualifier on it. Yeah. So it's it's a great place to be. Yeah, it is. Uh, uh, I will I will second that. Uh, um, Despite yeah. despite the negative uh, effect of having me attend, uh, it is still a wonderful <laughs> place. <laughs> so, 
Well, let's move over to our first reading, uh, which, again, uh, as, as in throughout all of this Easter season, comes from uh, the book of Acts. Uh, Acts chapter 10, verse 44 through 48. While Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who heard the word. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astounded that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter said, Can anyone without the water withhold the water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? So he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they invited him to stay for several days. Um, really short and sweet statement here. Um, and I looked back... Um, I looked back from last Sunday just to see, it kind of felt like it might be a continuation of last Sunday's, but there's, it seems as though there's like two chapters in between yeah. uh, our most recent act story. So, so let's start with the context. Uh, Peter speaking again, um, but to whom and what, what's the storyline right now uh, in, in the 10th chapter of acts, what's going on? Where is he? Um, well, this is, <laughs> this is a kind of a self-explanatory title, but Bibles tend to just label this Peter's speech. Um, <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's um, basically, it, it's a mark where Christianity, though they didn't use that name yet, um, had really begun to take off. That's that's sort of what this portion of the book of Acts has, because we're we're on the home stretch somewhat, um, and so the the context is what about these newer believers? They they have they weren't there for Pentecost when the apostles and others receive the Holy Spirit and here they receive the Holy Spirit in a way almost identical to Pentecost. Right. Right. Okay. Um, so, so I don't want to jump ahead on the story, but you know, I suppose the Pentecost story is fairly well known. Uh, it's possible that something like tongues of fire and all that uh, occurred here in this story too. Uh, is that what you're it's saying? It's possible. I th okay. Well, verse 44. While Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who heard oh, okay. the word. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I guess I guess that does kind of uh, invoke that imagery. Um, I hadn't really and, thought about it uh, yeah. until you said yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, we just sort of take the, the gift of the Holy Spirit for granted. But it wasn't... This, this is one of those places where the stories of the early church are telling us that it's, it's a, it is a common event mm -hmm. and it didn't happen just once. And it, you don't need um, a feast day for it to happen on because Pentecost was a Jewish feast day. Mm -hmm. And so um, they, you know, verse 46, they um, spoke in tongues and extolled God Um and the interesting thing here is that people who were not baptized mm -hmm. were had been had the Holy Spirit fall upon them as well. That and in um, a lot of corners of Christianity today, that would be seen as tacky, if not impossible. Tack? How? How so? That there's a. In in corners of Christianity in which baptism is an adult event only, okay. Part of it is you you only get baptized when you can explain how you are a believer. Oh, okay. What does it look like? Feel like? What was your experience? And part of the reason to be baptized, particularly in that tradition, is so that you're eligible to receive the Holy Spirit. Mm. And this scene has God giving the Holy Spirit to various folks who had gathered. Mm -hmm. um, and 
verse 45 is is key here where it says the circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astounded that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. So mm. this pass this passage is thoroughly setting aside all of the um, prerequisites that Christians may have been setting up for new people. Um, Interesting. P Peter was dealing with convincing the old timers that you didn't have to become Jewish before you became Christian. And that's why it talks about the circumcised believers. Mm -hmm. uh, but they had gone through perhaps they very quickly one after another circumcised and baptized. Um, others may have been circumcised when they were infants, but you know, that was, that was, it was a huge deal trying to figure out who God wanted as Christians. Because mm. Judaism wasn't big and still really hasn't been big on trying to grow itself through conversions. They, they figure God takes care of that. And it's not really up to human beings to do that. Whereas Christianity had a whole new ethic that and mission that was given by Christ to grow through conversions. Hmm. And so this is that snapshot of transition from simply being a group that already exists and is going to try to do things better to a group that's new and is trying to be good with more people and do good with more people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which was virtually unheard of. Yeah, that I yeah, I, I can I, I guess I can see where that does kind of uh there is kind of a paradigm shift there. Um Yeah. It's it's always hard it, it's easy to lose sight of that I think through the trees just because Oh yeah. Or maybe not through the trees, maybe that's the wrong phrase, but the but uh it's easy to lose sight of that because all of our you know understanding of the bible is kind of colored by the fact that this you know we have you know 2000 plus years of mm -hmm. of uh of documented experience uh and so uh, seems a lot more normal to the you know to the current day uh, uh person it's kind of hard to see where those tonal shifts occur right. in the stories it's yeah, easy I mean, to say like oh yeah that's normal yeah i'm i'm just thinking how different my facebook feed would look if no one wanted to communicate at all about their religion. Right, right. <laughs> I don't know. Because you know, that, that was such be. a personal thing, and it really didn't matter that much. Right, right. <laughs> and certainly wouldn't matter to anyone else who was not already in that religion. Ah, what would that look like? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one argue about sports solely. One wonders... <laughs> Uh, anything else about this uh, passage? Um, it's it it's short, but but every single verse packs a wallop. So it's this would be an excellent one to just sit with mm -hmm. and ponder over and over because it really does tell us a lot about how we are to be interacting with others as Christians today. Of accepting people who are very different from ourselves, who have very different backgrounds, um, and yet who may be placed in more important roles than we ourselves hold. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, I, I could see that every, every, almost every verse, uh, or, uh, series of verses here, uh, in this short passage do, do kind of indicate like a challenge to the norm uh, as mm -hmm. well so that's uh, yeah there's a lot to ponder there yeah well let's move on to the uh, i think i said it wrong last week the first book of john first letter of john first letter of john i said it wrong again the first letter of john uh chapter five verse one through six uh, uh which uh yeah we really are going in order in this one pretty um, much Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the parent loves the child. By this we know that we love the children of God, 
when we love God and obey his commandments. For the love of God is this, that we obey his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God conquers the world, and this is the victory that conquers the world, our faith. Who is it that conquers the world but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not with the water only, but with the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one that testifies, for the Spirit is the truth. Um, so there's some language in here that seems fairly strong, uh, like the word conquers. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, one can easily imagine such a language, uh, uh, <laughs> informing, uh, like, you know, the, um, the old church states of old, uh, into crusade like actions, perhaps, uh, uh, with the word conquers. Is this a they'll, new, they'll, they'll take any excuse. <laughs> they, they didn't need, they didn't need help. Um, is, is this, is this an accurate word for uh, for um, the original uh, letter? Is this, or is this? Um, I, I just kind of wonder about some of the language and whether or not it, it really is so strong in the in the the Greek. Let's see. I'm just giving a quick scan of the Greek. Um, because conquers does have kind of a um, almost authoritarian, dictator-like uh, yeah. mindset, at least to our current ears, our modern, quote-unquote, modern ears. Uh, not sure if that was always the case. I suppose that might... The, the term, the Greek term, which I think you might be more comfortable with, um, is off, has often been translated as overcome. Oh, okay. Okay. Or, or subdue. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that might be a little bit, uh, <laughs> a little bit softer. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I think, yeah, I, I think it's quite a bit softer, but. <laughs> right. It's your um, brain. You get to decide. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I like that because it, it more implies uh adversity rather than combat you know what i mean yeah yeah um um and and to be clear conquer is uh accurate translation but it is a a verb that has numerous definitions mm -hmm. that that are along the same lines of overcoming subduing that sort of thing yeah so it was an editorial decision by the translator to use the term conquer well and and during a, a different period of time, uh, different periods of time, um, a, uh, if you lived in a more contentious time where mm-hmm. combat, uh, religious combat was more of a, a, an everyday life experience, uh, you would want to, to maybe even hear it in context of yeah. conquer. Um, yeah. You don't have to kill someone to conquer. Right. You just have to be one who loves God. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so what is the, the, the author, uh, remind me what we've discussed before, uh, the, the author of the first letter of John, is this, in, these were instructional letters to, uh, to, to churches or uh, to congregations or, or what was the general understanding of the purpose of the first letter or series of letters here? Um, it's. It, in a sense, was a commentary on the teachings of the Gospel of John. Okay. So, it, or a meditation on that. And this, this passage is a good example of that. Because the Gospel of John deals a lot with the images that um, are used here about obedience and the commandment, which elsewhere, both in John and Jesus, is described as loving God mm-hmm. uh, rather than the Ten Commandments or something. And verse four, whatever is born of God, it's in. It's only in John that there's the Gospel of John. The um, 
phrasing about being born again. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a it's a a document that after someone reads the Gospel of John might have might want to go deeper, uh-huh. and this letter particularly of the three John letters helps someone do that. Hmm. Okay. Um, and the way that the this uh, section uh, ends here, um, this is a this is a, another reference to baptism, if I'm not mistaken, right? On verse six. Um, well, maybe. And well, of course, it doesn't have have to have just one reference, but yet, so yes, it could be baptism, but also it probably refers at least if not uh, at least to Jesus's crucifixion when mm-hmm. the um, soldier stu- stuck Jesus with the spear and blood and water came out. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, that verse six is a meditation on the meaning of Christ's death, but mm-hmm. it can also be, it, it certainly is, great if someone associates it with baptism and also with the Holy Eucharist. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was, I was, uh, that's yeah. Okay. That's, that was a, cause I, my mind immediately went to a combination of baptism and crucifixion. Mm-hmm. And, and that's good. And that would, uh, so, but you're then also saying, uh, that, that, that could have the imagery of, of, uh, of, of the bread and wine, uh, um, sacramental, um, yeah, because the Gospel of John has multiple references that reinterpret events like the feeding of the thousands that take place in the Synoptics, but the Gospel of John uses Eucharistic imagery for those same mm. events, right? Mm. And so here's another place where it, the Eucharist is very important to the, the community of the Gospel of John, including the recipient of this letter, or recipients mm. of this letter. And um, I don't blame anyone if they aren't aware of this, but in the time of Jesus, and therefore in the time of the first Eucharists, wine, table wine, was so strong to keep it from going bad that it had to be watered down in order to be consumable. And so the first Eucharist, it would have been wine and water is what would have been served Mm -hmm. as part of the Eucharist. And to this day, um, in many of the liturgical churches, including the Episcopal Church and Roman Catholic Mm -hmm. Church, etc., we put both wine and water into the chalice. So that tradition's been continuous for, well, well, since Christianity began celebrating the Eucharist. Since I, supper. I always thought that that was uh, a, a just in case uh, your um, um, individual on the altar helping you with uh, um, communion, it, just in case they gave you a super heavy pour, that it was easily consumable. But <laughs> if you didn't have a if you didn't have a a, a full crowd that day, uh, I just assumed it was precautionary. But uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's heavily symbolic, and for many clergy, as they prepare the chalice, as they pour the wine and water together, think of this verse. Mm, mm. Um, I, I, I think I stumbled a little bit in reading it, and I'm kind of curious as to the way that this is that this uh, section starts. It's it. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of uh, God. And everyone who loves the parent loves the child. Th- that first section of that sentence sounds as though it's going to say something totally different. Mm-hmm. Everyone who believes this uh, has been has been born of God, and feels like it's going to uh, uh, lead into something different. And maybe I'm just it's maybe it was just the way I I read it. Uh, now that I'm re- rereading it like a fifth and sixth time, I think it ends itself uh, uh, kind of there in the the. Maybe the comma just threw me off. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, you're you're actually onto something here. So keep pursuing. Okay. It. 
I was just going to say, and uh, I was feeling like it would say something about that, that group of everyone. Um, um, mm-hmm. uh, um, yeah. Yeah. It just kind of feels like everyone who does this and everyone who loves the parent, loves the child would, would then lead into like another, another uh, statement. Um, I guess it's here below uh, uh, that group of people would uh, obey his God's commandments or well it okay what save me Bruce (laughs) yeah (laughs) quit while you're ahead Uh, what yes everyone that again quoting everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God and what a lot what a lot of people would expect the next clause to be is and everyone who loves the child loves the parent. Mm. But so that the subject would stay the same people. Right, right, right. Okay. But instead, it's, re- it's a whole different group of people. Mm. And this is, part, this is the part that often throws current Christians off balance. And so they tend to ignore it. But part of what First John is saying here is... Yeah, those of you, those of us, John would definitely say us, everyone who believes Jesus is the Christ, born of God. But also, everyone who loves God, yeah, loves Christ, whether they say so or not. Hmm. John, in the Gospel of John, in a number of places, has descriptions coming out of Jesus' mouth that basically say no matter what names you use for the divine if you pray to the one true god you're praying to jesus you're praying to the holy spirit you're praying to god the creator what what whatever way is helpful to you use it it doesn't change what's eternal and infinite and beyond us and so getting the the Phrasing just right is not crucial to God. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, you know, to, to go back to poor Ridley, the you know, Christianity has seldom lived out that ethic. Right, right, right. Where exactly what word was used could throw you on the campfire. Um, or if, you know, and instead we're supposed to see, okay, if we're just loving the parent, then indeed the penguins are dancing. i like i I like how you successfully completed our comedy rule of three i really do uh you know they're what actually i was thinking it was the verses in the synoptic gospels about the great rejoicing in heaven when Mm -hmm. someone turns to god um and it doesn't say when someone loves jesus and it doesn't say anything specific about what the intellectual belief is. It's instead mm-hmm. that the relationship is is welcomed by the human. Then the divine, both God and the divine chorus rejoice. Mm-hmm. Like dancing penguins. Like dancing penguins. Yes. Can't can't end end that section any better. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> let's move on to the Gospel of John. Uh, I do chapter. not expect to see that in the sermon. By the way, <laughs> I will not have the nerve Shucks. to use dancing penguins in the Sunday. Shoot, sermon. too bad, too bad uh, for all of you uh, listening who were really hoping. <laughs> Make the most of it now. There you go. Uh, John chapter fifteen, verse nine through seventeen. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends, if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer, because the servant does not know what the master is doing. 
But I have called you friends because I have known that I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. Um, I'm kind of, is it just me, or I'm kind of surprised that he uses the term friends uh, uh, there, because it really does, I mean, to lay down one's life for one's, like, the first instinct would be, like, family, right? Uh, or at least in my mind. Um, uh, or for one's God. Um, but but he, Jesus uses the words friends here. Is that Would that have also been a surprise use? Not as much as one might think, because, again... We're in Gospel of John. It's a very um, almost philosophical gospel. Mm-hmm. There, it, the, like this, uh, the I mean, this speech that that Jesus is giving here is the, one of the longest, if not the longest, um, single speech that Jesus gives anywhere in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it just goes on and on and on. It's full of great stuff. Um, but it does, many people have noted probably from the very beginning, that sounds almost more like a Greek philosopher giving a speech than the rabbi of the synoptics who tended to be more pithy. Mm. And one of the great philosophical discussions going on, um, around the centuries of Jesus's life was what is the meaning of friendship? Interesting. Because, okay. yeah, because just as you said, relationship with a God, okay, that's pretty easy to see what that's about. You know, mm-hmm. the, the human and the infinite relationship with family, very easy to define who's in and who's out. But friendship is that odd chosen relationship that has nothing to do with to whom were you born. Has nothing to do with procreating or sharing of economic wealth, as with marriage. Um, it's a whole different way of existence, and I, I have to admit, I don't know if the Greeks talked about this, but certainly more modern folks have it. Modern in terms of just chronology, it's something that seems very close to being uniquely human, whereas. Hmm. All the other relationships, because they have to do with um, biological processes, could easily are easily put upon, as in um, making an animal seem human, is easily put upon animals that, oh yeah, you know, the, that's a mommy and daddy doggy. <laughs> um, right. Right. Okay. Um, well, I guess. I guess the divine relationship probably would not apply there but anyway it was it's been a mystery to the human race for a long time what is the meaning of friendship hmm. and so this would have been a little even just this little bit would have been enough to grab the attention of a non-believer in anything mm-hmm. because jesus was addressing one of the what was seen as one of the great questions for the ages hmm Interesting. I don't. I did not realize that, that was like a, a philosophical discussion going on. Yeah, because uh, yeah, Aristotle's mean, very famous for his uh, meditations, his pondering of what friendship is, and comes to yeah. a similar conclusion as Jesus does. That's someone's really your friend if you're willing to die for them. Interesting, because yeah. yeah, I mean, we we know that there is plenty of you know, church-based philosophical discussion that, you know, Jesus would weigh into, um, but nothing, but didn't realize it was like, uh, oh yeah, this, <laughs> you know, maybe this theological discussion that, uh, you would, uh, you, you could read in history books now, uh, is, is like one of the things that he, he references, uh, yeah. gets into, uh, uh, um, weighs, weighs in along with, uh, the philosophers of the time. Um, mm-hmm. that's kind of 
Interesting. I don't. I don't think Isn't I it, knew though? that. Um, it's one of those little um, insights or moments that give us a clue or give us a a little ah moment of Jesus was a lot more cosmopolitan than Mm -hmm. A, we may have thought, or B, he had any right to be in terms of growing up a carpenter. Hmm. And that's part of the clue that he's more than just human. Yeah, that that is. He's aware is of worldwide concerns. Yeah, um, I also like the the imagery that here that he uses of, um, because because we often still use terminology that is very servant based. Mm-hmm. Uh, um. Now I don't. I, I guess I don't know uh, Jesus's audience at this point in time. I'm. I, I'm it's assuming... just the apostles. Okay, it's just the apostles, but um, um, uh, he identifies that you know you're not servants because uh, servants are kind of left out of the loop uh, by their mm-hmm. master. And like I told you to go pick up ten pounds of this, and it's none of your business why I want it. Um, <laughs> you know, um, um, but instead, friends. Uh, yeah, I'm letting you know everything that's going on. I'm sharing yep. everything my dad told me. Um, um, uh, it's also interesting that he points out that you know you didn't you didn't choose me. I chose you, which is you know, you, or at least at least I have this realization of oh, that's right. He did. He did yeah. choose. <laughs> like it wasn't like these people gravitated towards him. Uh, in most cases, naturally, it was like, "Hey, I remember I saw you on the beach," and I was like, "You come with me." Yep. Yeah, and and in John, it's again Jesus is in charge of every event, and mm-hmm. yeah, so it's very strong in the Gospel of John that he chose. You're right. You're completely right. Well, he's right. Uh, well, I mean, you're right in remembering <laughs> that. <laughs> Um, whereas in the yeah. other gospels there's a certain fluidity as to who's around him got it I gotcha okay that makes some sense there um, though I have to I do have to add when you said who he was speaking to and I said the apostles there are traditions within Christianity and very traditional traditions very old traditions that uh, Mary Magdalene and other female followers were part of the audience, even if they weren't one of the 12 um, apostles. Interesting. That John was much more um, fluid about who was the inner circle compared to the synoptic gospels where unless you were an apostle, you a male apostle of the you know, 12 named, you were not part of the inner circle. You were some part of the wider crowd that followed. Interesting. Anything else about um, this passage from the gospel? Just one last thing on about the follower thing. One, one of the things that's very easy to overlook in our just memory of what's happening in the gospel of John, by this point, the crowds have fallen away from Jesus. Mm. Unlike the in the um, synoptic gospels where with Palm Sunday, there are thousands of people probably still following him and all, but it, but in the gospel of John, it's a much smaller group. Everyone else to, I think the term that the, that Jesus uses, everyone else has fallen away. Hmm. So this is an intimate teaching with people who have lots of examples as to how to gracefully leave the room. And are choosing not to. Hmm. And so that final verse in this section of um, I'm giving you these commands so that you may love one another is to me very powerful. Because it's almost the you only have each other and God. So love one another. Right. Huh. Yeah, that does that definitely does um, change the meaning of some of this discussion. Then, because mm-hmm. if if uh, if the crowds are falling away uh, in in 
this version, then yeah, these words are are you know not one of worry, uh, not one of saying you know oh the we got to get the crowds back, <laughs> um, right? It's yeah, a, you know our numbers are down. <laughs> Right, right, right. <laughs> How's the tithing plate look today? <laughs> right, and uh, it's it, instead Jesus said, "This is the way it is." Yeah, and that's why it's so important for you to keep loving God and loving one another because it's not going to be easy. It's going to be even harder soon. Hmm. Huh. Kind of prepping him or prepping very uh, much so, everybody and there. and that's why he's given them the promotion of no longer being servants but friends. Hmm. Very cool. Very, very cool. Um, Well, I suppose with that, we will close out, uh, friends, uh, with uh, this, your (laughs) podcast for the sixth Sunday of Easter, May 9th, 2021. Uh, As always, we will uh, uh, endeavor to broadcast live uh, our Sunday worship service at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning. Uh, uh, fingers crossed, internet working, YouTube, uh, YouTube, uh, uh, um, uh, being in agreement with all of that, uh, hey, on our it, YouTube channel. It's been working well. I mean, because you're right there. You remember the things that don't, but <laughs> that's true. I think a couple yeah. of people remember when it doesn't, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, you know, you, you're sounding like the modest cook who's saying it won't poison you, but ha- have a taste. <laughs> It might need salt still. I'm sorry. <laughs> I I can definitively say I do not believe that this that watching our church service will poison you. Uh, yes. How, how's that? How's that for confidence? Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, uh, you know, except for a couple of things beyond our control with one service, yeah. they've they've really been good. I I watch the replays to try to get better myself and. I'm always so impressed with the work that happens behind the scenes. Yeah, you you should all see uh, how we uh, Monday morning quarterback this thing. And there's, yeah. there's like a telegraph and like circles and lines, like a voiceover by yeah. John Madden is like, no, see what he did here is he and he went to the table a little early. You want to you want to slow it down. <laughs> <laughs> well, that blitz and choir boy really blindsided him. That's right. <laughs> you you, you got to get rid of the communion, or you're just gonna get clobbered. <laughs> Goodness. Well, handing it off to the deacon. Great move. Miss, right, right, instincts. Right. <laughs> Miss you, John. Miss you, John. Very um, much. So, uh, but yeah, uh, but uh, yeah. So those. <laughs> I forgot what we were saying. Um, Tune in uh, 10 a.m. for the live stream on, on the YouTube channel of Holy yes. Family or anytime after that on demand. Yep. HFEC videos on YouTube. Sadly, no, no John Madden. Um, no, and no John uh, Madden. Uh, unless, unless, John, if you're listening. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's, he's not. Um, he's, not. <laughs> he's got better things to do. <laughs> and until next week, I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And we'll talk to you then. Bye-bye. Bye.